go for it connect for <laughs> welcome to whelmed a podcast for zennials hello hi you got a new haircut i did i'm trying to like have the the red cut red brown thing cut out so i'm keeping it short uh i i signed up for hinge again this time i'm not crazy about it (laughs) it's not making me crazy and um uh (laughs) immediately i was talking to this guy last night and uh he was handsome and in his fifties and he's like, how old are you? I mean, which it also says on my profile, BT dubs, um, 40. And he's like, I'm too old for you. Uh, What? How did, how did that make you feel? (laughs) (laughs) I'm like, wow. I feel like I'm back in my twenties talking to a 40 year old. (laughs) Yeah. Right. And like at the time that was true, but now, It's not really true. <laughs> okay. Is it so, messed up that like you like it's not inappropriate for you to be dating somebody who's 50? So my brain has this weird thing that adjusts yearly for my dating range, age range. It adjusts yearly. Like as I turn a year older, it adjusts. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Just just by a year or or in different increments? Um hmm. Not sure about the increments. But like it's usually like five to seven years below, okay, and like up to ten years above. Mm-hmm. And so until I turned forty, I wouldn't even consider a fifty-year-old. But now that I'm forty, I'm like, yeah, that's fine. Hmm. How <laughs> do you know if he really loves me? <laughs> I believe Cher said it's in his kiss. Oh, well, that's certainly true. (laughs) Though I think it's in other things as well. Uh, I mean, how do you know if you, if somebody's too old for you? I mean, to me, it feels like it's very easy to tell if somebody's too young for you, right? For sure. Um, I think it's, it's, Honestly, it's 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 a cornucopia of things. Um, it's do they sort of you know what's their spirit age? Mm, okay. You know what I mean? Yeah, like how, sure. How do they act? Are they acting like right. a five year old at fifty five? Right. Don't want that. Because I think in the in the gay circles, especially the gay men like myself who don't have children and don't plan to have children. There's a bit of a Peter Pan syndrome. Mm-hmm. And that's not a judgment. Because um, in a way, I think it keeps us young and fun. But sure. like, how far does it go, right? Like, it's some there, there are areas where like, you need to grow up and be an adult about, but you can still go out and have fun and be silly and, ha- and do fun things. Right. Um, so, you know. There is a physical, you know, how do you physically look? How do you, um, you know, emotionally and spiritually act age-wise? Right. Like, are you still having fun? Are you still going to do stuff? Are you you still engaged and interested? Because, you know, I have 60-year-old friends that, like, if I didn't know how old they were, like, 
you know, because I know them, I don't want to date them. <laughs> but um, sure, but like, but I, get, like I get your point. Like, I know sixty-year-olds that like you would never know, right? Right. Like, yeah, you would never know that they were in their sixties. Like, yeah. 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 But it's interesting, I guess, because I live near Lincoln Center and Broadway. I'm getting a lot of actors showing up, like on the mm. like, do I swipe right or left? Oh, How I'm not on do Tinder. You feel I'm on about dating actors. No. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm the star. I'm uh-huh. the star. I'm the rose. Yeah. Actors can't date other actors. It doesn't work. <laughs> no. <laughs> so Hollywood's such a mess. God damn it. Um, and there's, there's a much more variety of looking people here than Los Angeles. So that's exciting, actually. Yeah. I think I want to date a bald guy. Okay. All right. I'm into that. I have enough hair for a lot of people. Several people. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Bald guys need love too, man. Right? There's something though like masculine about a guy who can like wear like a buzz cut or like like bald. Well, and there's something sexy about a guy who can just confidently pull off being bald. Yeah, right? Like I'm just like, "Oh, yeah, like if you don't care, like that's sexy." I don't remember, but they they've actually like done like quizzes and studies or whatever about this. I so did we talk about I can't remember if we talked about this on the podcast before, but they did there was a British newspaper that put out a thing where the sexiest bald guy alive was Prince William. He's not fully like, bald yet, but okay. Oh God bless. Like first of all, yeah, he's not fully bald. Kind of mean. First of all, to Prince William, but then also like, <laughs> oh no, he isn't, guys. Uh-uh. Like the internet went insane, and apparently, I did not know this, but apparently, everybody has the hots for Stanley Tucci. Really? Yes. Like he got mentioned so many times. Of like, no, Stanley Tucci is like a total zaddy, which of course is a word that I hate, but <sighs> that whatever that energy is of like caretaker, sexy beast kind of thing. That like he makes a lot of food and he's really good at cocktails. Like he has like a cookbook now. I will and say he looks like a dish on the cover of his cock. Uh, sure. His, like, I mean, I'm not kicking him out of bed, though he looks kind of short. Um, but like, where's Chris Maloney on that list? Right. Because Chris Maloney has some energy. Right. Yes, he Ugh. does. Chris Maloney has some energy. Yeah, I watched when he came back on SVU, and I was just like. Yeah, thank you. I like I'm so sorry, but thank you for killing his wife because all I need in life is for the two of them to get together. Oh my god. 20 years later, I don't like I haven't watched this show in years. Like it's been going on for so long. And I I mean I definitely never watched it after he was off of it, because who cares? But like, yes, and he's he's definitely like in his 60s and he's so hot. <laughs> right? So like yes. he's in his 60s. I don't care. Chris Maloney right. yesterday, so, today, tomorrow, awesome. and yeah. always. Also, like Boris Kudrow and uh, Shamar Moore and Morris Chestnut are all. I have no idea who any of those people are. Yes, I know those. Those. Those are the chocolate hotties. Ah, yeah, and they're all delicious. I know who Jay Diggs is. (laughs) And balls. Um, like stupid, stupid. I mean, obviously, it was clickbait, right? Like now everybody knows that they wrote that article. 
Um, speaking of um, speaking of energy, mm. how are you doing with the Mercury retrograde starting? Oh my God, it's messing up my whole life. Right? <gasps> what everything, is it with this one? I don't know, but like everything has been so weird. Like normally, like yeah, they have like you know I can see the effects, but like legit, I went to the uh, the gym this morning and. Uh, I had a great workout, um, which was nice because I'd been on the injured list for for a couple days because I'm mm-hmm. a sports player. Um, <laughs> and, uh, right? You can be in your own mind. I'm just a professional homosexual, which is a contact sport. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So at my new gym, they have like these built-in locks, so you just set your code and and turn it and go. Oh, nice. Which is nice. I don't have to remember to bring a lock and blah blah blah. Well, I could have sworn I put in the code I always do, and I went back to my locker, and apparently I didn't. Oh, no. So you have to, like, go to reception. (laughs) And be like, hi, I forgot my code in the course of my workout. Like, yeah. I feel like I would do that all the time. But then they couldn't find, like, the skeleton key that opens the (laughs) lock. So, like, then I look like the weird guy just sitting in the locker room doing nothing. <laughs> and nobody wants to be that guy. No. No. <laughs> um, yeah. So, and then, you know, we had a little kerfuffle this morning starting our recording. And oh. <sighs> I, the whole system at the liquor store shut down. That just makes you sound on... like an alcoholic. Shut up. <laughs> Memorial Day. We're recording on Monday, everybody. It's Memorial Day weekend. Like I was, I, I was in there on Friday, like getting stuff for the weekend. You know, we have lots of fun things happening, and the whole system shut down. And it's like everybody, you know, it's Friday night of a holiday weekend. Right. Like there's an incredible line of people, and everyone just the poor, the poor cashiers are like just freaking out. And the guy apologized to me like nine thousand times, and I was like, dude, I don't want to be that person, but like. Mercury's in retrograde, though. <laughs> like, it's not your fault. <laughs> oh, my God. We're so those people. We're so those people. I'm, I'm, I'm happy to blame everything on Mercury retrograde. It's like right? our Mercury retrograde is coming, or we're still feeling effects of the last one, or everything bad that happens. And it's my ruling planet, just saying. Mm. So true. I love that chaotic um, energy for you. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so I was uh, surprised and pleased, actually. Like last week we put up. Pleased as punch. I was I was pleased as punch. I like it when we get responses. To How things. was punch pleased? I really don't know. <laughs> Continue. Most of those don't really make any sense, right? No. Yeah. Like we were, yeah, they're weird. Um so I was, I was delighted to find out that um, we, I put up an Enneagram, we had an Enneagram episode last week and the picture that I put up on Instagram and Facebook was of nine different TV characters that I felt like embodied the nine different tr- numbers. Not only that, but I think we specifically picked characters from shows that we regularly talk about That's on true. Wound. Yes. So, um, yeah. So like there were people, you know, had some suggestions about other characters, um, but they're not things that I watch or things that I like. People talked a lot about Kate on This Is Us being a two. Oh, um, oh my God. Um, the hot dude from This Is Us was at the restaurant yesterday. 
Oh, that's exciting. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Does mm-hmm. that count as a name drop? I don't know his name, so no. <laughs> Is it Justin something? But I don't know him. Like, so I don't know if that's a name drop. Well. I didn't meet him. We didn't like, you know, <laughs> Kiki. It's a damn shame. Right? I'd love to Is Kiki he as him. hot in person? Um, he looked more normal. See, I I have only seen a couple of celebrities in my lifetime, but I always feel like, oh, you're not actually as hot in person. I mean, he was still attractive. Like, cause like, I was like, oh, he's hot. I'm like, oh, he's on This Is Us. Right, but like, I feel like as hot as he, as you look on TV. It, like, he's never going to be as hot. He's never going to be as hot as he was when he played Green Arrow on Smallville to me. Oh, okay. But we digress once again. <laughs> so us, so us. So um, <laughs> This is us. <laughs> it is us. We, wow, that was nicely done there. <laughs> I had my Wheaties this morning. So anyways, I, um, it was a putting together the Enneagram. I, I set myself up where I was not allowed when I was putting it together. I was not allowed to choose more than one character from a show. That's right. So there are lots of examples. Um, you know, I put CJ for the Enneagram one. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, Leslie Nope is another perfect example of a one, <laughs> as is Monica from Friends, right? Like, um, but I, I wanted to narrow the scope. So um, if you did not check it on our Instagram, you can go look, but here is the list. So for Enneagram type one, it's CJ Craig from West Wing. The two is Shirley from Community. Mm-hmm. Shirley Bennett, who is a very, you know, mom type, like she's always taking care of everybody else. Um, and she does that, you know, they explore in a couple of episodes, the fact that she is taking care of other people so that she doesn't have to pursue her own dreams or worry about her oh. own problems. Um, like she, it's a cover too, but she's, but it's also, you know, as it is with all Enneagrams, it's the thing, it's the blessing and the curse together, right? So for type three is Tom Haverford from Parks and Recreation, which I got a lot of response to actually, like people were really into that pick. Uh, they thought it was a really great choice for a three. So oh. he, he just like typifies three to me. So I wasn't particularly surprised by it, but uh, that was cool. So uh, so you used four. to think I was a Tom Haverford? <laughs> Listen, <laughs> now we got to get into it. Now you brought it up. Okay. No, you can keep going. I know, no, you brought it up. Now we have to do it. So I need to say, first of all, in my own defense, because I did not tell you that you were a three because you're not supposed to tell people what your Enneagram number is. I said that I thought that's what you would like, that that would be the one that you would pick. So I, in my own defense at that time, had not really read that much about a four. (laughs) And Perhaps if I'd known more about that, I would have felt differently. I don't know. And you definitely have some three qualities as well, right? I do. So Tom Haverford is very funny. He is. And he likes to have a lot of irons in the fire. He's always hustling. He's always got something else planned. So for type four, it's Will Truman. Mm -hmm. Did that feel accurate to you? Yeah. I mean... He's the one I most relate to on that show, for sure. 
Yeah. What what numbers do we think other people on the show would be? So Karen is definitely an eight, right? Like she's sure. very confrontational. She loves to pick fights. She does her own thing. She's super opinionated. I mean, she probably, you know, has a seven wing, right? Lots of experiences. But what would Grace be? Right? Grace is a really interesting, Grace is a really interesting study for me because like what's the neediest number probably a two Uh uh-huh um so because twos are very focused on they tend to be very focused on other people right um but i i don't know like she um Yeah, like I feel like Grace's biggest fear is being alone. Yeah. Right? Like that's her. She's her... super codependent. Mm-hmm. Um, like she needs constant attention and nurturing. Yeah. Yeah. And so it's interesting because like typically in a two that you turn that on other people, right? That like mm-hmm. you want to be the one who is nurturing, but right. I don't necessarily know that you couldn't, that it couldn't work the other way too. Maybe um, she's a two wing three. Maybe. Yeah. And then Jack. And Jack, Jack is a hard one for me to pick. Maybe he's a three wing four. Maybe like he's so in touch with his emotions. Yeah. That That's like true. you have a hard time with the three. Um, what do you, what do you think Jack's greatest fear is? Not like having not an being, audience. Yeah, not being appreciated. Right, like not yeah. being seen. So yeah. that probably is a three. Then yeah. yeah, yeah. This is what our new podcast is, guys. We're just gonna enneagram type TV characters. <laughs> so anyways i finished it out uh tide five is captain holt from brooklyn 99 uh, six is nick from new girl nick miller uh seven is john spencer from psych eight is buffy and nine is phoebe buffet from friends hmm. so that just goes right into our main topic awesome reboots and uh, reunions. Mm-hmm. Yes. So everyone's all abuzz because the Friends reunion finally came out. Which I did watch this morning. Did you watch I it? I did. I did the yeah. whole thing. How does that work for you as a person who didn't really watch Friends? There were moments that I found really cute and enjoyable. And there are moments where I was like, I'm bored. Um, sure yeah the like watching them rediscover the set I found really endearing and like Mm -hmm. seeing each other again for the first time I loved hearing the stories about like little things that they did to each other like how Monica wrote her lines down on the table and Joey erased Mm -hmm. them gonna call them by their character names because they're not real people um Uh, you know, things like that. Then there was the weird moment. Sorry if I'm ruining it for people. This is a spoiler. Yeah, there's going to the be reunion. spoilers for the Friends reunion. So turn there it off. Was, you don't want to hear those. It was like cool and also weird. The 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 um the smelly cat moment. Oh yeah, <laughs> that was very strange. It was very strange. I was like, wait, is that? Oh, it is Lady Gaga, right? Walking like, onto yeah. the Friends set. Yeah. It's, okay. it is 
it is very strange. Um, yeah, and then like, oh, and hello, gospel choir. Uh, it, it was real weird. It was also good to like, you know, though I never really connected with the show, it was, I have to remind myself that a shit ton of people did. And yeah. I also, <laughs> to make it about me, because I'm good at that, um, it had been 17 years since the show finished. Mm-hmm. And I'm coming up on, uh, I, la- I moved to LA 17 years ago. Oh, so wow. I found that oddly coincidental. I'm like, oh, hmm, interesting. Um, make the friends reunion about me. Um, I, I mean, I thought it was a solid reunion and like, like, hey, with the cameos. Yeah, that's certainly true. Like they definitely um, pulled out all the stops for it. Right. I mean, and I guess because it was such a cultural phenomena that, you know, it's appropriate. But yeah. I did... You know, and this is something I'm sure we're going to be diving into more. I did appreciate what Phoebe said. I don't remember what the question was, but I guess it was like, you know, would you want to do the show again or pick up? And mm-hmm. and Phoebe, um, oh my God, what's her real name? Um, anyway, Phoebe. Um, so now you said it and I'm like blanking. <laughs> um, Phoebe was like- Lisa Kudrow. Thank you. Um it's like you wrapped those characters up in happy endings and to start the show again, you'd have to unravel their happy mm-hmm. endings. And I was like, yeah. I mean, like I, I, that's sort of like what I was thinking anyway, but I love the way how she put it. Right. And so that's a really interesting thought point for all these other reboots and reunions that are going on. Right. Yeah. I thought, I thought that there are, that the way that they did it was really interesting. Like that they they managed to combine a couple of different formats, right? So like mm-hmm. they did just sort of the like sitting on the couch talking to James Corden piece of it. And they did the piece, like I, I agree with you that the the part where they all came onto this, they had re, they'd rebuilt the set and everybody came onto the set um, and, and just saw each other. And that that part was much more emotional and enjoyable. Um, I liked that the best. And they I mean, did this some- was an expensive reunion show. Oh, sure. Um, but it's also, you know, it's HBO and mm-hmm. Warner Brothers and it's not like they don't have it. And, right. you know, um, and it's and it's doing very well. Right. Like it's yes. getting watched an incredible amount of time. Um, and they know that anything with friends. I mean, like you were talking about, um, there's a piece in the middle where they kind of have people from around the world talking about the impact of the show and their yep. lives and it is it is a global phenomenon right like this show is has global appeal and so will the reunion um and i that that part was really powerful to me because it reminds me of what the best of tv can do right that like it's something that makes you feel comfortable and at home and makes you feel like you have friends when you don't, or if you're in a bad time or yep. you need, you know, it's like, it's something that is genuinely comforting. Um, and I just thought that was really, I thought that was really special. I really liked that. Um, and they had, you know, they had them doing some rereads at, around the table yep. and they, you know, they did the the cute thing with the game that was so uh, where fun. they had, yeah. right. Where they had the cast answering questions about the show. And it was mm-hmm. fun to see like what they remembered. Um, 
Yeah, so I thought I thought the format, you know, was 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 mostly really great, and that it, you know, it had a little bit of hot gossip, and you know, you like. Oh yeah, the whole thing about Rachel and and. Yeah, that that Jennifer Aniston and David Schwimmer like almost almost maybe did right like it was a little. One thing I I kept insisting that they didn't, but I was like. "Mm." One thing I would have liked is I I don't know. Okay, I'm going to say it. I don't know if I fully believe what I'm about to say. Um, part of me wants, wanted them to address like some of the trouble spots in the show. Yeah. And I know, and yeah. I, we, and we've talked about it and, and we know that, you know, they were, it was the best thinking of the time and reflect, you know, reflect to the times, um, which is fair. Um but you know, sometimes it's nice to be self-aware and own up to it. Right, and I agree. Um, yeah, I wish I wish that they had figured out a way. I don't know exactly how it works in the context of what they were doing, but I do wish that they'd figured out a way to address it. Um, you know, I think it's it it is you know it is what it is, and it's it's not that you have to apologize for it even right? right. Like it's that it's that you have to say like, well, obviously it would be different if it was on now. Yeah. yeah. Also, Monica, please don't get any more facelifts and no more lip injections. I know. Yeah. Yeah. There, it was. There were some hard times with the plastic surgery. Though it's also like I couldn't help but think about how much work those three women have to put into their appearance still to this day Mm -hmm. and how much less work the three men do. I mean, I I felt like the men had done a fair amount of work too, even, but that, yeah, like it's, there's definitely a double standard and it's interesting, like having been, having been famous for something that is still so important that like, you still have to, you still have to look like people still want you to look like you did when you were 20 or 25. Mm-hmm. Like that's rough. Yeah. Yeah. Um, a- another reunion, which I think did address some of its issues was uh, the Fresh Prince of Bel Air reunion. Yeah. Yeah. I, they did a good job of, uh, that was really interesting that mm-hmm. like they really dug into all of that stuff and like allowed allowed people to be really vulnerable and open about it like on the reunion. I was really surprised. Yeah. It's, it's, um, and really big of Will Smith to, mm-hmm. you know, admit that that was a time when he made a mistake and, yeah, you know, owning up to it. Yeah. Do you, do you like the, so there's like a couple of different formats. There's been a lot of like reboots and reunions and stuff sure. in the last year or two. Do you, do you think that there's a format that's working best? Like that sort of talking about it format versus like Parks and Recreation did like a, like a new episode kind of um, where, and some of the other shows have done like rereads of previous, of like episodes that were aired at the time. Right. Um, yeah, I think that my the things that i've enjoyed the most overall is reunions and specials Mm -hmm. not reboots Mm -hmm. 
um, to Lisa Kudrow's point, we're unraveling happy endings. That said, with Will and Grace, for example, as, as a reboot, I was excited. I watched it. There were some great episodes. There were some not great episodes. And they gave those four characters like more better happy endings at the end of the right, second one. Yeah. Even though like I was fine with how the first one ended. I know a lot of people weren't. I was okay with it. Um, but they did a better job ending it the second time, even though the reboot overall wasn't that great. Yeah. Do you have a sense of why the reboot wasn't that great? Like, I think that they were trying too hard to recapture what they had instead of uh, create new magic. They were trying to find old magic. Mm, yeah. And, well, and that's the trouble you run into a lot of with these kind of things, right? And and like they pushed certain things too far, like the whole Karen and Trump thing. Like that just got weird. Like. And then, you know, there was dra- we, there was also other issues. You know, I'm sure that the drama on set between Megan Mullally and, and Deborah Messing, you know, caused them to do writing things that wouldn't have happened otherwise where they're not doing scenes together. Right. So they had to come up with B-plots, um, which made episodes feel like a little disjointed, maybe. Um, sure. You know, yeah. I, I, you know, honestly, like, I think... Will and Grace would have done a better job doing specials occasionally. Yeah. Than a reboot. Yeah, like I think I think a, a show that's doing it really well is Psych. So Psych is in production for their third movie. Oh. Yeah. So they've they've done two movie specials already, and they're in production for their third. And while they are not they're, you know, they, they do not have the magic of like the first handful of seasons of that show. Um, it, you know, as most shows do, like it got a little bit more, there's, there's some great stuff in the later seasons, but it's a little more hit or miss than they, it was at the beginning, but they've done, the movies have been, you know, they're full of fan service, but they're also just fun. Right. Like, and it's, um, you know, they're, they're well done, but it, it is in a different, Right, like they're like you said, they're not trying to recapture the old magic. They're like doing. Yeah, like, I think that there are new. a couple of TV shows that have done that well. Downton Abbey, um, mm-hmm. beloved show, and we people wanted more, and I think they just didn't want to do a whole another season. So, right. like a movie is more palpable for a lot of those actors. Yeah, well, I think that's also a really interesting thing for the productions and the actors. It's like, yeah, I want to go off and do other things, but it's fun to come back and do like a little one-off here and there. So like they're actually another Downton Abbey movie is coming out this winter. Oh, really? Uh, Yep. Mm -hmm. It's in production now. Um, And, you know, I think that that's great. You know, that feels like a Christmas, Christmassy thing, Christmas present every once in a while. Right. Um, I I I think think the Brits do it well with like the Christmas special. Right. right? Um, But I think that that's an interesting, not trope, but interesting for successful shows like to like, I don't know if there'd ever be a Parks and Rec movie per se mm-hmm. but like that's a fun idea of like yeah we have this successful show and these actors are going off to do other things but like you know maybe we will have a parks and rec movie where it's all about leslie running for president right yeah right like i don't need to see a whole season of that a movie is just fine yeah well and i i you know i thought that they're um 
that they're special that they did, especially in the context of like it having to be done over Zoom. Like I thought, you know, it, it really was sort of just like character studies, right? Like we get a little bit of an update about where people are, which, it, you know, is fine. It also is like, it hasn't been that long since the show ended. So like there was there didn't have to be that much, you know, character progress, right? Like people could basically right. sort of be doing the same kind of stuff that they'd yeah. been doing before. Um, but it just was sort of like, you get to see these characters interacting together again and, and telling jokes. And that's great, right? Like that's super fun. That's yeah, just like those little, it's like a little snippet, right? But that you're not trying to reinvent the wheel. And then there, you know, are the reboot failures like Murphy Brown. Yeah, what do you think happened there? So I never watched it. I never watched Murphy Brown generally. Uh, yeah. Like I caught episodes here and there and I love Candace Bergen. Is that right? Mm-hmm. Um, what I heard was they made it way too political. Right. And yeah. And people were just exhausted. Yeah. Like um, TV is an escape. Like they just, people, people really don't want to deal with that in their lives. The other interesting one is Roseanne slash the Connors. Which seems to have been successful. I mean, I think I mean, it's, it's still, still going. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that brought back something that TV had been missing and no one was doing it for a while, which is speak to blue collar America. Right. And that sort of like, well, I mean, there's always Tim Allen. I feel like Tim Allen always has a sitcom on and he's sure. that guy, right? But like, yeah, that sort of King of Queens, like- But like what's reflecting, you know, those people's lives? Mm-hmm. Um, right, it's different than, you know, the four friends in New York City. Exactly. Yeah. And I think that's, I think that's one of the reasons why that ended up, it was familiar and people saw themselves and could laugh right. at themselves. Yeah, because you want you want there to be a combination of like you want fan service, right? Like I want mm-hmm. to know that you remember all the same things that I do, right? Like that's one of that's one of the things you like about the Friends reunion. I liked about the Friends reunion is that like I all of my they talked about all of my favorite episodes, right? And I'm sure. like, yes, that one is one of my favorite episodes. Like I love the one where everyone finds out, right? Like that's the funniest episode of the whole season to me, which is season five, which is pretty impressive. Um, yeah, so like, I want to know that you remember the stuff that I remember. I want to know that like, we're sharing this in joke, right? Like psych is real good about that. There's lots of catchphrases and lots of in jokes and right. And I want to see all of those things. Um, but I, but I, But I still do, you know, you still have to like do something new too. Yeah, so Saved by the Bell is another interesting one mm-hmm. um, because it's a reboot and a reunion, I feel like. Right? It's like, it's both kind of. <laughs> because like you're getting the, the gang back together, but not everyone's a series regular, but you mm-hmm. also have a new cast of characters. So you're pushing the story forward with mm-hmm. new, new magic is for using that term. Yeah, magic, and there's, so like, you know, you get the fan service and the jokes from before, right? And like, mm-hmm. they're going to sing this song and like, but then there's also some new context to it, right? Like, um, I find Mario Lopez's character very interesting of like, mm-hmm. oh, the high school jock who like, 
turned out to be not that big of a deal and he's just teaching high school, right? Yeah, like for sure. And he doesn't really understand that high school is different than it was in the eighties when he was in high school. Right. Like that's, that's interesting to me. Yeah. And, then, um, and it veers more into like the Cobra Kai, you know, Oh, for sure. Yeah. For sure. That like you, you've really taken something in and changed it. Right. And turned it into something new. So there was a theory that I heard on NPR a couple of years ago when a lot of these late nineties TV shows were rebooting. Um, and the argument for it was that life and the world was so crazy under the Trump administration and, you know, all the hoopla that came with that, that people because needed- the world's been quite a mess for the last handful of years. Right. Um, the people needed comfort mm -hmm. and their TV families. Yeah. And that's a, a big reason why a lot of those shows came back. So I wonder if, you know, we've been in this trend of reboots and reunions, and I wonder if it's going to end. I would think we're dwindling down now. Yeah. And yeah. especially because COVID is not over, but like slowing mm -hmm. down and becoming less of a problem. Um, that the people are being able to sort of venture back into their their regular lives, their lives from before, um, in whatever way that's happening, that it does that that there's not quite as much of that craving for that safety and security, like the security blanket of TV that you already knew. Yeah. Um, and I think there's also not as much of an incentive, like a lot of the reunion sort of reunions that they did where it was like cast rereads um, and those kind of things, like a lot of that were you know, they were fundraisers and they were right. Like nobody like the West working, Wing one. right. Like the West wing one and community was that way. I mean, technically parks and rec was too. Right. Sure. Um, and like, nobody was working. Right. So no, oh, and then wasn't there, um, uh, a 30 rock reunion too, or special. Oh, was there? I missed I think that so. entirely. 30 rock is interesting to me. Like it's a show that I enjoyed watching at the time when it was on, but I do not feel that way about it. Uh, I, have, I have never tried to rewatch it. It is not something that like holds a special place in my heart at all. Like I found it amusing at the time. Um, and I don't know, like there's like this thing where I feel like, oh, that show doesn't hold up. But I don't know that that's true. Like I have not ever tried to rewatch it again. Um, and I just don't, I don't know. I just, I don't feel that way about 30 Rock. Hmm. I don't really know anybody who feels that way around, about 30 Rock. Like I know people who watched it, but I don't know anybody who like just really loves that show. Yeah, that's a good about. point. Like, you know, I know people who loved it at the time, but like, it's not a show that it's gets not, talked it's about. It's not a TV family, right? Like it's not a show that you like get in your heart and like becomes like, it feels like, you know, people and it feels like you, like, I feel like people just sort of like, oh, it was funny. And I watched it. But yeah, it, it doesn't have that same vibe as like a show. Sort of like Superstore like... in a way. Oh yeah, I haven't watched Superstore. So it's I know funny, enjoy it's cute, it. it's good writing, but like. Right, you're not gonna, you're not gonna do it again. Probably not. Yeah, yeah. I think the last, the, the, the last, I mean, I felt that way about The Good Place, like. Uh, you know, that just ended, so I haven't done a rewatch yet, but like I absolutely will rewatch The Good Place over and over again. Um, and 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 Brooklyn Nine-Nine as well. 
um, um, that those feel like they got added to my TV family. You just made me think of this and I, it, it's going back to the TV shows and movies. I believe there's a Shit's Creek movie in the works. Oh. Though Annie Murphy has a new show that I'm very excited about. Yes, I know me too. And we'll talk about it on next week's summer TV preview. Hey, teaser for next week on <gasps> Whelmed. What? We're so good at this. So yeah, I think I think that um I mean, not to be like morbid, but we're running out of shows to do reunions and reboots where people are alive. Well, sure. <laughs> Because I mean, like there are shows that like are just coming off the air and it's too quick. And then, you know, all those shows in the 80s, you know, it's might be too late now. Right. Yeah. People are gone. So you just can't. Yeah. There's like a window. Yeah. And I just don't know that the hunger is going to be there for it anymore. Right. That like there's a point at which people just I mean, like I feel like. (sighs) You know what show we didn't hadn't talked about yet? The 90210 reboot. Oh, because I forgot it happened. Okay. And I feel like everybody did. Like, did you remember liked, that you I happened? liked it. I liked I it. I know, but you're weird. <laughs> I think you're the only one. It was Nobody super meta. It. it was super meta. It was super awkward. Sure. Like, those people are not good enough actors to pull that shit off. <laughs> <laughs> That's fair. Though I have, I don't know why I've always had a crush on Brian Austin Green, and I don't know what that's about, but I- It's like, because he's a douchebag. <laughs> Maybe yeah, he's, he's like a person. hunk of muscly douchebag. That's yeah. your jam. <laughs> anyway. It was really because he was, a, he was a young white guy rapper. That was real hot to you, right? No, Remember not how the he rapping had a rap part. album? The rapping, the rapping part was not cute. Brian Austin Green had a rap album. Oh if you God. are really a millennial, then you probably haven't ever heard that. So treat yourself. <laughs> that shit up on YouTube. It will rock your face. Oh, it's so bad. It's so bad. <laughs> it might be the worst album that's ever been put out. Like, wow. Yeah. Like you thought Vanilla Ice was a bad rapper? Oh no. Oh, he's hot too. Um, Vanilla Ice? Yeah. He looks like a meth head. You have a problem. (laughs) (sighs) Megan, what are you whelmed about? What am I whelmed about this week? I am so excited about the return of live music in my life. So we went uh, last night with the family. We went to, there's a there's an, a tiny little amphitheater that's in a park. And it's in like the main park in the middle of Memphis here. Um, it's called the Shell, the Levitt Shell. And they- You put um, your ear they, next to it. Can you hear the ocean? Right? Yeah. It's, <laughs> you know, it's the like, shell-shaped amphitheater. It's like- really really old it's very cute um and so they they normally do like a free concert series they do one in the spring and they do one in the fall mm-hmm. um which is just some of my family's like favorite stuff to do like we just you know you can take your picnic blanket and your picnic basket and your drinks and like you just go listen to and they have all different kinds of music and it's really cool um so they have not been able to bring back this series yet but they did have the symphony there last night um for some this, they've always done a sunset symphony on memorial day weekend so it was a beautiful night and I was with my family and, you know, we, they did take it at this time just so that they could keep the numbers down. So everybody could right. feel safe, but it was so nice 
to be back with live music. And we've been able to buy a couple of sets of tickets for like things that are upcoming later in the summer or in the fall. Um, and I just am really excited. I, live music was something that I super missed during COVID. So it is quite a delight. Yay. Charlie, what are you bummed about this week? I have two things to discuss. Ooh. I know. So um, I ended up binging the first six episode of Hacks over this weekend. This is a uh, show I haven't even heard of. You found a uh, TV show I didn't know about. What, what? is it? It's a show on HBO Max. Um, it might be on regular HBO too. I'm not sure. Um, with Gene Smart. Um, oh, yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. And it's about, you know, she she plays a, a, a very successful comedian but you know she's getting older and Hollywood's doing its thing and so like mm-hmm. they pair her with a young writer who has an attitude problem she um, is I'm, such a scene stealer it, I mean it feels like the premise of every Sandra Bullock movie to be honest <laughs> <laughs> um, but um, I oh god I love Jean Smart I'm so mm-hmm. glad she's having a moment and um uh, yeah, I binged all six episodes in one evening. Um, there's going to be 10 total. Highly, right. highly recommend it. So I am overwhelmed for hacks. Um, I watched Cruella last night. Oh, did you? I am just whelmed. I'm not oh. under, I'm not over. I'm just whelmed. I love how you categorize your whelms. I, I just, I, I just, everything is a whelm, to, just a regular whelm to me. Um, You're so cute. I know. Um, yeah, I the the production design and the costumes are phenomenal. Um, uh, I did not see a reason why that movie needed to be two hours and seventeen minutes. I honestly did that movie need to be made? Um, <laughs> I think that the premise overall is good. It's actually based on a novel. Like, it's not an original Disney s- storyline that they like. Yeah, I, I was surprised okay. to see that at the end. It's adapted from a novel Weird. that someone, you know, made up a Cruella story. And it it really humanizes Cruella, which is, I don't know if I wanted that. Um, so, right. you know, I think it's a, it's a fun ride, but it's long. And I think there are parts that could have been a lot tighter. Um, but the costumes are so amazing. Um, yeah, I'm just whelmed. Yeah, so- I will wait until it is free. Yeah, I'm not sure I, I would have paid the $29.99 for Disney Premium last night for it. Yeah. So I would wait, watch it when it comes out, but don't pay the money for it if you're already paying yeah. for Disney Plus. Right, there you go. Well, you should also come visit us on our socials. Mm-hmm. Talk to us, tell us things, send us messages, ask your questions. You can find us on Instagram at Whelmed podcast and on facebook at whelmed with megan and charlie you can also email us now whelmedcast at gmail.com and if you loved whelmed if you're overwhelmed by whelmed (laughs) please tell your friends we sure would appreciate it if we can grow our audience of whelmies which is apparently what we're calling y'all um until not if you have to say it every time Uh, we need to come up with something better um but please tell your friends <laughs> families church churches church, tell your church <laughs> to listen to whelm <laughs> i love it
love you, honey. <laughs> what would I do without you? You never have to worry about that. Oh, boo. Bye. Bye.